Hello and welcome to series two of the Decade Podcast. I bet you didn't think we'd get to this point, did you? To be honest, I didn't think we'd get past episode two. We've got some incredible guests coming up this series. I cannot wait for you to hear them. If you've not heard of Decade, it was a project set up by comedian Mark Watson in August 2021, which gave people the opportunity to set life goals to achieve over 10 years. Those goals could be big or they could be small. They could take the whole 10 years or be done in 10 minutes. This podcast gives those people involved in the project an opportunity to share their updates and experience so far. I'm your host, Chris Jack. I'm a little bit like Mark. We both love travel, except I can arrive at Heathrow Airport after a long-haul flight without fear of being set upon by a rogue producer. And yes, I said producer with air quotes. Our first episode of the series is with the wonderful Jenny. The audio quality is slightly quiet in places, but it doesn't take away from what was a wonderful chat about music, being young, and of course, Greg's. Trigger warning for those people that may be affected. There's a discussion around disorderly eating and eating disorders. Please enjoy the Decade Goals of Jenny. Welcome, Jenny, to the Decade Podcast. It's lovely to have you here. Hello. It's lovely to be here. It's lovely to be talking to you again after so long as well. It's been a while, hasn't it? You doing okay? I'm doing good. I'm I'm all right. Yeah, I'm just I'm currently finishing up A level, which is an experience and a half. Slightly stressful because it hasn't hit any of us that it's real yet. We're not doing mock exams. We're doing the actual real thing, and these answers determine our future. To realise until we get in there. But yeah, I, other than that, I've just been carrying on with music and what I usually do, and hanging out with friends, spending time with family, and keeping myself as well as possible. The first thing we ask our guests to do is to introduce themselves. In what way? And that's the, the real question here, I think. Do you know what? You've thrown me. How would you like to introduce yourself? I, um, I ask this every time and I get range from people going, uh, I'm so-and-so, 23, I live in here, like, to this is what I do for a living. I mean, it's free choice, really. That's a bad idea. Uh, for me, that's a, I could, oh, wow. I could do, like, the really... When you go into like a new job, or in my case, if you do a new theatre thing, you have to say three facts about yourself, and we have to choose like the most boring facts about ourselves. Okay, uh, I'm I'm Jenny. I'm 18. I'm from England. That that is my three facts. That is the basics. That's all you need to know, and I will not elaborate any further. I love the fact that you've come in. You've ruined my format. And then you're just going to go away again. Come in, like, cause chaos. And then I glide on out until more chaos is needed. That is my role in society. My fun- I think um, I'm doing really well as well. When did you first hear about the Decade Project? I, I don't remember. Um, it feels like a fever dream. I think probably Twitter. Probably Twitter, let's face it. Because Twitter is essentially our new source at this point. And I remember Mark Watson putting something up today. Do you want to sign up for a project? Yeah, I'll sign up for basically anything. Signed up, not really knowing what I was going to get myself into because I tend to do things and then think about the consequences later. I like the idea that you went, there's a project, do you want to do this? And you went, yeah, sure. It could have been anyone. It, I mean, it was Mark Watson, but it could have been anyone. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. I'll give most things a good go if I can. Do you remember those early days at all or... Is it, as you said, a complete fever dream? I mean, that entire 2021 in itself was a bit of a fever dream. That was, I regard that as like the year that things changed for me. Because of course, lockdown three and it brought on actually loads of new opportunities. So it was, it was a big year. So a lot of things happened, but I remember kind of like knowing, oh, it's going to be a 10 year project. You've got to set goals. And I thought this will be a nice way 
kind of force myself to do things that I want to do. And I'm quite curious about who everyone else would be, what they will be like. I kind of was like, well, they're all going to be quite nice comedy fans, so it can't be that bad. I was also very aware, because I was 16 at the time, that I was going to be one of the younger ones in there. So I was really interested to kind of see. I just remember being really interested in what my goals would be versus everyone else's goals. You mentioned the, the age thing. So being quite young when it came along, did you see that as something which was positive in terms of, I want to do this because actually it's set me up for life in terms of my goals? Or was it... Yeah actually am, am I mature enough am I ready to do this yet I regard myself as a confident unconfident person and uh, when it really comes to it I don't have the confidence but looking back on it and sitting back I think especially a couple of years ago I kind of had the thing of I could kind of do anything so I kind of regarded it as a positive of this is how this can help me step into adulthood. I didn't. I don't think I realised the impact it would have on my decisions now, how I think about things now. At that time, I just kind of thought, well, I'm one of the younger ones. Can't be a bad thing, can it? Maybe see it as an opportunity to, I'm not going to say learn from. Oh, no, that's exactly how I saw it, yeah. Okay, so actually I'm quite inspired by some of the younger people in the project. And mm-hmm. I hope people can at least look from me in terms of not falling down the same pitfalls as of life as me, or at least guiding in, in, in some way that I possibly can, if that's not being too arrogant. I mean, I think, I think that's exactly what your kind of role in this whole project has been so far, because we've all collectively, especially those of us within the comedy and performance bracket, have watched you kind of transform how you think about things, I think, and how you approach new challenges especially when it comes to stand-up we've seen you going from this quite nervous quite reserved person to someone who's starting his own podcast and there's the confidence to approach people and go i want you to be a part of this and that's something that we can all certainly learn from i love the fact that i wouldn't have met any of you hadn't done something like this and that blows my mind yeah because it's such a random kind of picking of people as well people from all walks of life really which is incredible what were your decade goals originally oh my gosh this was two years ago so i'm 18 now and i was 16 when i wrote this i want to give some context to where i was at at this point so that year i had just started doing music again properly I just started learning jazz piano, had a brand new teacher. At this point, I'd also lined up a college place and I kind of had a very different outlook on life. I was beginning to have a really different outlook on um, on the future and my future. So I'll read out my goals and then I'll tell you where I'm at now. So number one was have a career in music or at least do well in it. Confidence, I love it. And basically explained that I wanted to do music since I was really little. And at, this was the point where I'd only just kind of got the means to in terms of teaching and my confidence and I said I wanted to go into jazz music or all music production composition session music and performance which is a lovely little list to continue my podcast still hasn't seen the light of day it's been two years kind of needs to get published number three was the Greg's goals over the next 10 years I want to visit as many Greg's as I can with as many people and get a picture outside each one very silly and fun and this links into number four, which was beat my disordered eating, like fully recover and be living with it as little as possible. I want to live a full life without it. Number five was do well in education. 
get good A-levels and go to university. Number six, learn one instrument from every instrument family. Number seven, learn British Sign Language. Number eight, become a kinder, more genuine person um, to help others uh, feel good. Number nine, do stand-up comedy and try my best. And number 10 is to do myself proud. Do my younger and future and current self proud. I want more confidence and better social skills. Yeah, so it was all kind of very creative, quite mental health, quite performance-based, I think. And I wanted to do 10 because I thought 10 was a round number. Do you recognise your 16-year-old self? Definitely. I know it's only two years. You know, being 18, that two years is a really big chunk of my my life. I definitely recognise the kind of hopefulness and the kind of unsure, the the real unsurety of where I was going and what was going to happen next. Um, and I think I joined this project looking back on it to, to give myself some of that structure for the future. I think that's a really nice message to any 16-year-old in terms of hope rather than setting goals for the future. Definitely. And I think that's why I left them so kind of open-ended is because I kind of knew deep down, if you like, that what I wanted now was, or what I wanted then was not really what I wanted in the future. Or, or things would not turn out how I thought they would turn out. That's how life and the world work. And that's why I said, instead of go to every Greg's, it was go to as many as possible. Instead of learn the trumpet, learn the drums, it was learn one instrument from every instrument family to give myself the, the permission to, to change my mind. Alongside that, you've safety netted yourself in terms of your goals, in terms of, because if you had said something like, I want to learn the trumpet and yeah. not learn the trumpet, that might feel quite negative to you or you feel like you haven't achieved that by saying something a bit more broader that allows you that flexibility to feel like you have achieved but not on a specific nature definitely music's very specific but I, I I knew that things would change and that I knew I'd learn more and I'd discover more instruments that existed and that also instruments are expensive so if I was going to say learn the trumpet and I didn't get to learn the trumpet but I learned another brass instrument or another similar instrument then I basically would have achieved something really similar but if I had like you said put down the words learn the trumpet I still would have felt like I failed so it was a really I'm so grateful gave myself the flexibility let's all just take a moment to be thankful for 16 year old Jenny and her foresight to produce goals which were open-ended and enabled you to grow as an individual yeah I mean it's quite good when you think about it I was about 16 year old how's the music going oh it's going great it's going really well it's going so well so I have learned the tin whistle and I never thought I'd learn the tin whistle I didn't know it existed two years ago I learned, started learning that towards the end of last year. And I am now the tin whistler at my local folk session. So I play Irish tunes. I play, oh, sorry, uh, contact filter. Chris has just taken a sip of his drink and is now dying laughing. I'm sorry, <laughs> the phrase, I'm the local tin whistler. It feels on brand. I, I'm imagining like a Irish folk band in a pub with someone on the piano, Shane McGowan on vocals, you know, it's uh, someone with a banjo in the corner. It's... Yeah, that, that, there is a guy with a banjo in the corner. I don't think I've heard him say anything. <laughs> yeah, none of them speak. And if it was no. pre-spoking band, they'd all be spoking as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, C- yeah. Cigarette in the strings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
So music's going great. Music's going great. That's not even the half of it. I mean, I started singing lessons as well, which I've wanted to do for years. And I finally found a brilliant vocal teacher. Um, I'm singing musical theatre, which is terrifying, but it's really good. Strengthening you know my voice. Um, I'm not at the moment, but I'm obviously still playing piano. That's my main instrument, playing jazz piano, playing a little bit of folk, but mainly jazz. I love it. It is still my favourite instrument. I will never not love it. Your music journey has not just been about playing. There's been a bit of composition in there as well, hasn't there, Jenny? There has been. Well, I wrote a song about Greg's. And then it got on the radio twice for some reason. They liked it so much. I got a call in the middle of the fringe. Be like, hey, do you want to come and talk to us on the radio about the Greg song tonight? And I went, sure. I'm in Edinburgh though. And I had to use Mark Watson's dressing room to call BBC Radio Oxford and talk to them about the Greg song. I wrote a lovely song called How to Say Goodbye, which was nice. That got on the radio as well. I'm doing instrumental stuff. I wrote a jazz gin whistle fusion thing, which got performed by a jazz group that I rehearsed with. And I'm just still writing little songs um, that my friends will just say stuff and I'll like, I'll write down some lyrics and turn it into a little silly song. But um, I don't think anything will ever beat the Greg song. Where do you find the most Gregs? That was, that was one hell of a... I mean, it's a lovely song, and the fact that yeah. you got on the radio, I think, is lovely. I do remember yeah. very distinctly going, how on earth do I find BBC Oxford? One of the weird local, not weird, one of the lovely little own local stations within the BBC that you have to, like, go onto all the radio channels list and then go down into the drop bar of local ones, and then you scroll down to O, and it's there. They're brilliant, honestly. They're so good. And so many of the um, like BBC music introducing people have gone on to do really cool stuff. I'm very grateful for them and shout out to those guys for being legends. Over this whole conversation, we brushed over Tin Whistle Jazz Fusion. It exists. If you want the recording, message me. The listeners will not forgive me if I don't ask about Greg's. The Gregs. So I've lost count. I go to a new one whenever I can. Um, the Instagram hasn't been updated in like a year. So I probably need to do that. But um, I'm enjoying it and it is serving its purpose. So the original goal was using Gregs as a way for me to heal my relationship with food. I think now looking back on it, I see that it was kind of like a barrier, like a stepping stone of letting myself talk about that and letting myself think about that and, and heal with, with that. And I'm now really happy to say that I am in therapy, doing the work. I am doing my best. I'm getting professional help and trying to recover properly so I can live my life without having a preoccupation about food and my body and nutrition in a way that is incredibly unhealthy and a way that I did for years. So after not getting help like I should have for two years, I am finally speaking to people people who know what they're on about with this kind of thing while still enjoying Greg's and still um using it as a fun thing as a as a, as a tool but also as a little hobby and as a little joke with me and my friends and with the decade people and with the family and it's a thing that gets referenced at most family gatherings or when I uh, go down to see family so it's it's just become a positive on all sides really I'm so happy with how it's turned out I'm so happy that people can join in and laugh with me because that was that was a, also a key part of it. As a as much as it was a tool, it was a way to get people to 
talk about it and laugh with me about it. So it's it's been successful, I think. That, that is nice, though, in terms of um, you're using food as a way to address your issues around eating. Around food, yeah, and around eating, yeah. I think that's a really... Way funny. But, I mean, obviously there's a, there's a degree of irony there. It, it's almost saying, fuck you, yeah, <laughs> I can do this. I think that's yeah. really lovely and very empowering it must be for you. Yeah, it's incredibly empowering. It is. And it's little things now that I can do without feeling without feeling as scared as I once did around food. So we don't do it anymore because of uh, exams and stuff, but my what, what I would consider my best friend, we went to Greg's every Tuesday uh, for lunch instead of eating, you know, fat lunch and school canteen food. And it was like, it was, it. it I don't think she realised how much it helped, you know, introduce more scary more uncertain foods into my diet on a regular basis even if people will sit back and go greg's not unhealthy why are you eating that i can go because it's helping me helping my brain to to normalize this i love the irony of it i think it's a good way to address things personally i think having a laugh being ironic being a bit british and silly about things is actually actually can be a good thing if you do it with the right intentions in the right way you mentioned the challenge around it being unhealthy but actually there is something yeah. about it being mentally healthy rather than physically unhealthy if that makes sense exactly about giving your mental health and giving your your brain i guess the the space and permission to heal in the same way that you would do with a physical injury it's so important and it's about i'm not actually compromising my physical health in any way because it's something that I eat on a not on not every day but it is also something that my brain needs to get used to because it's a food that I enjoy but there's an understanding and there's a control there from yourself in terms of I know what this is doing to me both positive and negative I'm in control of that decision making in terms of what I do for myself rather than it controlling me yes because a lot of people I never got diagnosed with anything which is why I don't call it an eating disorder I call it disorder eating because that's probably the best description. But people with eating disorders, people who struggle with disordered eating will tell you that you are not in control because it is a voice in your head. It is something else that is punishing you because it doesn't believe you're good enough. It's a scary little corner of your brain that tells you you need to be better. That you, you need to fix something in you that manifests through food. By giving myself that choice, I am countering that voice I'm countering what that little scary part of my brain says and doing something that 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 voice that part of my brain would would condemn but I'm doing it rationally and I'm doing it in a light-hearted way and I'm doing it in a way that helps me uh, whether where it's me I am in control of what I'm eating and I'm eating it for the right reasons basically it's a much more healthy conversation than we normally get around eating disorders which are very much anorexia bulimia sort of those big headline things yeah. and those headline images that you see rather than the more nuanced yeah. conversation about mental health, coping strategies, depression, anxiety. It's yeah. much more much more wider than people really realise. I didn't have a particularly... I still don't. Like, I'm going to say now, I'm not recovered at all. I'm still struggling with this on a daily basis. Everything I eat, it's still a calculation to me, which is sad, and I wish that it wasn't, but it's not in the, with the same intensity, with the same anxiety that it once had. So there is progress. But um, I had a much more nuanced version where it was much more hidden. Before this started, I probably had a body that people would see as unhealthy. 
I wasn't technically overweight, but I wasn't tiny either. And so people actually congratulated me for losing weight. And they said, that's fantastic. Look at, you know, you're making a really healthy choice. When I knew it wasn't healthy. But by having this really nuanced conversation to match my nuanced experience, I'd like to think that it's a helpful way of doing it. Because, you know, all that we see about eating disorders and problems surrounding food is these big headline things, which makes people think, oh, so having one of those illnesses or, you know, going through that experience is a big headline experience. You feel such big things all the, all the time. When it's the other way around, it compresses things. It's a compressor. It dampens your emotions, your feelings and your love for food. And so it's a new approach to this, the whole new way of thinking about this. It's a less direct, less terrifying way of, of approaching this issue, which would probably work for quite a lot of people. We just don't think about it. I was going to say about being kinder to yourself. So being kinder to yourself, I think, is a very misconstrued term or phrase because I think, or at least I, I do, and I, you know, I did, and I still do, kind of think of it as um, uh, oh, being nice to yourself, letting yourself make mistakes, kind of bare minimum. I've realised now that it's the letting yourself be human and letting yourself go through life as a human. Because I don't think I was doing that before. I don't think I was letting myself go, you're going to really mess up. You're going to say some horrible things to people that you wish you hadn't said. You're going to make some decisions that were very poor rather than just, oh, you forgot to take the washing in. So pat on the head, you're fine. It's a completely different coin. And another part of being kind of myself that I've got a lot better at and really noticed is letting myself do things differently to how I thought they would. For example, two years ago, I was like, I'm going to be a jazz musician and nothing else. That is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go study jazz. I'm going to work in jazz. And I've actually had to do a lot of forgiving of myself when I found out that I I like other genres of music kind of process of letting myself be like, well, I'm probably not going to do just one thing, but also then being very upset at other people's expectations of me that I, that's what I was going to be doing. It's something I'll be working on for the rest of my life as long as I'm conscious about it. I, I think you're right. I think it's more of a, and I hate this phrase, it's more of a journey than it is. I apologize for the listeners. That is an awful glib way of talking about it, but it's something that doesn't stop. It needs constant reinforcement and reminding of yourself who you are, the good things about yourself, what you mean to other people and what you can be in this world. You mentioned being kind to yourself. How has that progressed? I think it's got better. I think I'm letting myself kind of do what, what, what I want to do, whilst also not letting myself slip. You know, I'm not making too many allowances for myself. I used to do that so being kind to yourself doesn't necessarily mean being lovely and sweet with who you are all the time for me it's actually been a bit like being a bit harsher on what I'm doing and um, what I'm doing to achieve my goals and not letting myself sit that's how I'm going to feel worse but also being like well not comparing myself to what other people wanting to achieve so I found that in in doing jazz a lot of the time you're surrounded by it. Well, I'm surrounded by people who have got very different ideals and goals. So I I don't necessarily just want to play jazz. I want to do other things because that's how life works. And kind of letting myself 
be okay with the fact that I don't just want to do one thing. And the big one was probably letting myself believe that I am a likable, nice person. Because I had very low opinion of myself when this project started. And through finding good friends and having the right support, I've kind of realised that, oh, I am, I'm not horrible. I'm not a, an awful person. I'm okay, really. And I've, I've learned that being kinder to yourself is so many different things. I'm so much better at it now, I think. Is it part of the ageing process that you're... I think it is, yeah. What you've described is what a lot of people in decade feel like and having a empathetic understanding audience available to you has probably mm-hmm. helped you in that journey a little bit definitely i mean i the really cool thing about decade as you said earlier was the fact that you get to meet and talk to loads of different people that you just wouldn't otherwise from different countries different life experiences different ages and the people that join decade are people that want to better themselves and so they're very empathetic going from kind of being surrounded by like teenagers and people who where life is a competition when when you're younger I I definitely think that it's socially and in music as well you know the the younger kind of communities so being surrounded by people who've got that life experience who may be 5, 10, 15 years older than me but who kind of learn enough to go you know what no one's perfect and life isn't a competition and it shouldn't be and that makes people more empathetic that's kind of how I've seen things i would also say from the other side of someone who is 15 years older than you is is extremely generous i get inspired and i get energy from the younger people in the project seeing you go through those life changes it's i'm astounded by the maturity of some of the younger people in particularly yourself particularly someone who's become more self-aware and grown over the last few years it's been it's been a privilege to to watch that really i mean it's the people that that you surround yourself with and in decades you're surrounding yourself with very lovely very selfless very growth mindset people which makes a huge difference from um a socially competitive teenage life i think have your decade goals changed over time at all i think the nature of them have I don't, I mean, I definitely want to achieve all the things I put down. Like, I haven't even started learning British Sign Language yet, but that is something I want to do because I want to get better at accessibility. And, you know, it, it's just the nature of things. So having a career in music means lots of different things for me now. And where I want to go with that career has obviously changed because I've got older, I've experienced more things, I've learned what I want to do. And beating my disordered eating, the nature of that has changed as well. So I've gone from you know, like I want to feel really positive about my food and my body and about me kind of going I just want to kind of accept it I just want it to be a part of my life I just want to get to a point where I'm like just content and doing myself proud you know doing myself proud has gone from wanting to exceed every expectation possible to to building a life where, where, where that I'm happy in and that I can make other people happy in too. I really like your phrase about becoming more accepting of yourself I think you could apply that to everybody within decade that actually it it, it doesn't matter what the goals are. Actually, you're getting to a point over that 10 years where you're happy with yourself and accepting of the position that you're in and the person that you are outweighs any of the learn Spanish or or be a stand up comedian, whatever it is. I think it's more about that, that personal growth. 
I mean, that is the one thing that kind of links everyone is that this whole project is about personal growth and automatically by the end of it, we all want to be more accepting of ourselves. And it's so nice to see that everyone else has kind of got the kind of same mindset of growing and being, becoming a better person, leaving the world a better place than, than you found it, kind of thing, whatever that means for you. Is there anything you need help or support with in achieving your decade goals? This is a lovely opportunity for me to, to kind of shout things out. On the kind of personal development, as long as I've got a couple of people going, that's great, giving me a thumbs up, then honestly, I'm fine. And people have been doing more than I could ever hope with that. So I can already say that that has been ticked off and you've all been the loveliest people you could be. In terms of becoming a musician and all that stuff, one of the things I really wanted to do is kind of my own music project. I love writing. I love writing songs. I love, I love writing music itself. Um, it's just finding the means to do that, finding the time, finding the audience that would listen to it. I don't know how people could help. If anyone plays an instrument, I would love to, to collaborate in that sense. But if anyone kind of knows any tips for getting my stuff out there, playing gigs, you know, then please give me a shout. And of course, if anyone wants to get a Greg's, I'm obviously down. So that is that is the the two things I could ask for. I think that's brilliant. Get me some gigs and I'll get you some Gregs. Yeah, basically. That is the trade-off here. Thank you, Jenny, for joining me on the Decade Podcast. It's been an absolute delight having you. Well, you know, I've said everything that I want to say, so not much more I can do, is it? Well, what a start to the series. Wonderful chat with Jenny in what was my longest recording with anyone so far. We had to cut out about 20 minutes of us reminiscing about discontinued Greg's lines. Bring back the red tie chicken bloomer, damn you. Please check out all of Jenny's wonderful music, including the amazing Greg song. And if you want to grab a sausage roll and watch a jazz folk fusion gig, she's right there with you. If you enjoyed this episode and can't wait for the nine incredible guests we've got coming up, Go back and listen to series one, which has a whole lot of fantastic people on it. I will see you next week for episode two. In the meantime, you're all solid gold legends.